0: Why'd you make me watch this? You made me watch something I didn't like. Next time we watch something I like, but I can't believe you made me watch. You
1: made me watch The Ref. What did you think? I actually liked it. You did? I did.
0: Okay. So you were able to get past Kevin Spacey?
1: Kind of. Like, I still was like, you're disgusting, but like, the character's kind of a piece of shit, too. So I was like,
0: yeah. The reason that we ended up not watching Santa Claus 3 was because Johnny Mockney was talking about seeing Tim Allen live and how as soon as the doors are closed and no one's allowed to record, Tim Allen just went off on how much he hated making kid movies, how much he hated the kids that he worked with. And how he just does it to increase his exposure. And then he just started spotting off his right-wing agenda bullshit. Mm. Which is kind of funny that we ended up not watching the Santa Claus 3 because I was put off by Tim Allen. But then we do watch the ref who, Kevin Spacey a way Spacey. bigger monster.
1: Oh, yes. For sure. For sure. He is a way bigger monster. Um, He... It's an ensemble so like that's kind of good. And like his character is like just kind of like a sleazy mama's boy, you know.
0: It kind of made me wonder too because the um actor who plays his son mm-hmm. Robert J Steinmiller Jr. Mm-hmm. didn't act again after this movie for 10 years. And knowing now what we know about Kevin Spacey I'm like, "Oh god. Did Kevin Spacey try to fuck this kid?"
1: I hope not. But, I mean, who knows?
0: Uh, It certainly fits his M.O., though. It does, because he's gross. Yeah, this is the first Kevin Spacey movie that we've watched since all All of the information. And I am not able to separate the art from the artist. Like, as soon as all the Louis C.K. stuff came Mm -hmm. out, I got rid of the seasons of Louis.
1: I know, I can't watch it anymore. I I can't watch a
0: stand-up anymore. There was a point in time where I thought Usual Suspects was a great movie, but mm-hmm. now because of Kevin Spacey and Brian Singer, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm done with that. The only Kevin Spacey movie I feel like I'm really going to miss is Seven.
1: Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I'm like, man, Seven's such a good movie, though. I mean, like, he does play a serial killer and you don't feel bad for him, but it, you're still like – He made so much money doing this movie.
0: I started thinking about residuals as well because of the ABC Family thing that I did, or Freeform now. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Although I think once ABC Family became Freeform, they no longer pay royalties for whatever reason, because I haven't gotten a royalty check since ABC Family became Freeform. Oh,
1: yeah, maybe. I would still
0: get... Residual checks for
1: mm-hmm.
0: when it would air on television, <laughs> less than the cost of the stamp. Yeah. But the streaming checks I would get would be like $3 or whatever yeah. for one episode of mm-hmm. a prank show that I was on. So, when we rented this movie, I was like, I wonder how much of this three ninety nine is going to go to Kevin Spacey.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. I didn't think about that. Hopefully, more of it goes to anyone else
0: so the ref came out in 1994 Mm -hmm. it is basically a dennis leary vehicle this was at the peak of dennis leary's Mm stand-up uh he was also kind of like the um spokesperson for i believe mtv where he would just do little rants and stuff like that yeah
1: yeah he i remember him like even though i was too young to really know him i knew him you know i knew who he was i saw him on tv I would see his censored jokes, you know? Right. Because I was, I think it was, I was still young and I wasn't that young. I was like 12. So I would watch Comedy Central Mm -hmm. and they would air, you know, stand up. And I can't remember if his is one of the ones I saw, but I at least saw clips of it.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. I really liked Dennis Leary at the time. His album, No Cure for Cancer, Mm -hmm. I thought was great. And then, mm-hmm. like a lot of comedians my age, I became a big Bill Hicks fan. Yeah. And then started hearing stuff like the No Cure for Cancer was a diss on Bill Hicks because Bill Hicks was dying of cancer at the time. And and then I became very anti-Dennis Leary. And then I kind of grew up a little bit and realized that all of that kind of stuff is bullshit anyway. Yeah. And you can pick any stand-up comedian – In the history of stand-up comedy, and they're going to have their own rival. Mm -hmm. Dennis Leary doesn't really do stand-up anymore. No,
1: he's an actor. Yeah.
0: And I like a lot of the movies and television shows that he does. I think he's an interesting guy. This movie um, is basically just a vehicle for him to do his angry monologues
1: yeah i guess he had a show for a while on like fx called i think was it called rescue me where he's a firefighter yeah. that was apparently a really great show i didn't watch it i think yeah, my mom the, watched um, it.
0: i believe the dopier cop in the ref is also in rescue me
1: oh really oh that's yeah. cool yeah,
0: he did a, a series called sex drugs and sex and drugs and rock and roll that only lasted two seasons oh, but yeah. it was a really good show too I, I really enjoyed it
1: yeah i like him um I hope, you know, he's a good guy. Yeah.
0: Haven't really heard of him... <laughs> ironically enough being an asshole even though his stand-up claim to fame is doing yeah, the it's song like, I'm, an asshole. I'm an asshole in this movie he plays gus and his wife caroline who also it's the name of his wife in american beauty
1: oh that's right yeah
0: uh this time caroline is played by judy davis mm-hmm. and much like american beauty it's the same sort of relationship where they are married and they absolutely hate each absolutely
1: other. hate each other even have somewhat similar looks, like yeah. Annette Benning and Judy Davis. Yes. You know, once they both have affairs, whatever.
0: Dennis Leary's Gus the Cat Burglar. Lloyd, the husband, is played by Kevin Spacey. I, mm. I said that backwards a minute ago, mm-hmm. but... You know what I mean? Yeah. Gus ends up kidnapping.
1: He ends up kidnapping a family because as he's escaping the house that he's robbed, they have like a trapdoor situation. <laughs> yeah, and he has to flee, and the alarm is going off, and his getaway driver leaves. Right. So he's just kind of walking through this small town, trying to like it, figure out how to find his. I'm partner. getting the gist
0: that it's like a a small island town.
1: Yeah, like it's a, it's a, it's Connecticut. It's a, it's Connecticut. So it's right. like small you know he's just trying to find his partner so he ends up just cart well like abducting Judy davis from a gas station like convenience store kind of thing and then taking her and her husband back to their house so while he figures out what to do and while he tries to find his partner yeah so he's holding them hostage but they're about to have christmas dinner with their son and kevin spacey's mom and The brother, sister-in-law, niece and And nephew. Yeah. Yeah, So it's like, now what?
0: (laughs) Yep. Great cast.
1: It is a great cast. There's
0: the local cop played by Raymond J. Mm Barry, who I think people will know him mostly from the movie Walk Hard, where he plays John C. Riley's dad, where Mm -hmm. he's like, it should have been you. It should have been you. He also plays Timothy Oliphant's dad on Justified. Oh. Which is really Funny, because this is the first thing I really remember seeing him in, Mm -hmm. where he has his own accent. Like, a lot of times, he's playing kind of like Southern.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: he'll have a drawl and stuff like that. Yeah, no,
1: uh, he was just a regular dude. Yep. You know, just... In a Connecticut town, bored out of his mind.
0: Yeah, this is the film debut of J.K. Simmons.
1: Yes, as um, like a
0: the son is going away to like a military military school,
1: school and J.K. Simmons is like his colonel or captain or whatever.
0: Right, and the son is blackmailing J.K. Simmons for uh, taking part in kinky sex. Yeah, even though he's married and yeah, like
1: adulterous. Yeah, he has pictures of him having an affair with more than one woman yeah so he's been blackmailing him and his yeah so the son who is he played by
0: robert stein miller jr
1: robert stein miller jr he was actually really good because he's
0: he was which is one of those things that makes me wonder if working with kevin spacey really turned him off of the movie business
1: yeah i mean i think it's just one of those things where we're not gonna know unless he wants us to know
0: yeah he and- apparently does music now mm-hmm. he did a bunch of songs for the movie evil bong which is a, a film franchise actually oh interesting and uh yeah. so he still
1: works hmm he was really good in this though, because he has to play kind of an angsty teen, but like he's a little bit cocky. He's just miserable because his parents just fight all the time, and they're not really dealing with him.
0: He kind of reminded me of like the poor man's Jonathan Brandis of Jonathan Brandis. who's yeah. still been alive. He was um, except for he's like eight years younger than Jonathan Brandis. Yeah.
1: Well, the thing that I liked about him is that he wasn't over the top. He says, "Like I'm mad at my parents. Like they just send me away. I just kind of want to get out of here." Like he's not, but he's not doing it in the way where it's like, "My parents just don't
0: understand
1: me," and I just, oh, I just gotta get out of here. Yeah. Like
0: the acting in this movie is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good.
1: And I really like so Judy Davis and ugh, Kevin Spacey. They are just this bickering couple, just insane. Like. I've seen couples like this and it is a nightmare to be yeah. around them. And it's so friggin' funny the way they will, one of them will say something and then the other one will be like, are you kidding me? And they just go back and forth and just, b- 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 b. It's, it works so well <laughs> because it ends up coming back to help them in the end where they, kind of, they basically get Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> Yeah. Into helping um, Gus, Dennis Leary's character, escape to get to the boat that um, he finally gets a hold of his partner and is like, I need you to steal a boat so we can get the hell out of here. There's a curfew over the city because of the robbery. He's got to escape to get to this boat. And they basically help him do that (laughs) by driving the cops who come to the house totally insane with their bickering. Yeah. You know, creating this huge distraction, which I think is actually really clever that they made it work like that. I
0: feel like this really has that third act problem where it's just the turn for so one of Caroline's issues or one of Lloyd's issues with Caroline is that she doesn't make any decisions. Mm-hmm. So the decision to actually help Gus is a decision made by Lloyd, not by Caroline, yeah. which I think is bullshit. Like they could have easily had her had her be the make one. the decision. And have him follow the lead because their characters don't really have growth. You're right. They just kind of fall victim to Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. And I didn't buy it when Lloyd was like, yeah, let's save this guy who we've spent the last hour and a half.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's not totally like, I mean, I think the bickering thing, that was like a good that that worked but i felt like as far as the two of them like the two of them are like like caroline at some point is like i want a divorce like we're getting a divorce the fact that they would just change their minds all of a sudden like over a night and just be like we love each other again
0: it doesn't really happen like that
1: it doesn't happen like that they would have still gotten divorced but you know who knows maybe they would have started to communicate better with each other but
0: yeah like I don't need a thick line drawn underneath the point of the movie, but clearly the point is, well, I was going to say the point is they stopped being polite and started communicating what's really on their mind, but that's bullshit. They don't start off as polite at all. They have a marriage counselor, coincidentally played by B.D. Wong, who is also (laughs) in Oz with J.K. Simmons. Yes,
1: he is. And B.D. Wong is uncredited, Which is weird. I thought that was weird too, but he is he's Dr. Wong. Yes. <laughs> Which I thought like I saw him and I'm like, that's B. D. Wong. And then I was like, I'm pretty sure that's BD Wong. And so I was looking at IMDb. He's not credited. Yeah. But I mean, it's all good. He's really fun. He's actually really funny because he's like, I'm not here to take sides or make judgments. It's
0: Yeah, it's another one of those superb acting role acting parts in this movie where he has such a slow burn, mm-hmm. and then once he loses it, because they have such a toxic relationship that it infects everyone around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of neat watching him kind of fall apart in that scene. Yeah, yeah. Again, the acting in this is phenomenal.
1: It is really good.
0: Glennis Johns oh. plays Rose, the mom. Yeah, she was in Mary Poppins. She was um. She was in um Game of Thrones, right? I don't think so. I know who you're thinking of, but no, that is not.
1: Her. Oh, different actress?
0: Yes. Christine Baranski oh, plays yeah. the sister-in-law. Plays the
1: sister-in-law. And
0: and you know, basically Christine Baranski's
1: Yeah, she's but, just loud you know, and yells a lot. Yeah,
0: you know, I have one note that I think I play well and I <laughs> think Christine Baranski has one note she that does. she She does. She's her really
1: great. On. She's she's and doing a, a great job.
0: <laughs> in full disclosure, I don't know that much of her career to know what else she can do. Um, she probably has a lot of range.
1: Well, she was. Here's the really funny thing. Do you remember Sybil Shepherd's show, Sybil, that was on for? I never season? watched
0: it, but I remember. It, so yeah.
1: Christine Baranski was like the second banana on that show. Okay. And that's that was my introduction to Christine Baranski. And then mm-hmm. after that, I saw her in the Birdcage, and then she started popping up in everything. I was like, oh uh, yeah. So she kind of just does the same thing over and over again, but she's great at it. So
0: yeah. And uh, Adam Lefevre, who plays her husband, Mm -hmm. is another one of those guys who, when he shows up, you kind of expect him to be the schlubby pussy dude.
1: And he was. And he was great. You know what I really liked was how delighted their kids were. Anytime anybody swore or said something they're not supposed to say in front of kids or yelled at someone, they were like, oh, my God, this is the best day ever. Like. Mm-hmm. There are these kids who are just like, we're so bored. We're so tired of our lives. Like, everyone is just so polite. No one takes us seriously. You know what it is when you're like 10. And even though you feel like you understand what people are talking about, they don't want to talk about it in front of you. And
0: Part of me really feels like this was probably a very toxic set because Ellie Rabb, who plays their daughter, mm-hmm. had a pretty decent career going up to this point and quit show business. <laughs> This was her last movie. Yikes. I gotta be honest with you, as much as I love this movie and when it was suggested on our Facebook group, I was like, Oh yeah, I love that movie. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen it in a long time. I really did not enjoy it last night.
1: I liked it, but it is hard to get over the that Kevin Spacey's in it. Like I wondered how I would feel about that because there are, you know, like I really liked horrible bosses and I thought that that was such a funny movie and, like, American Beauty and Seven. I'm like, oh, man, those movies are so good. I just, I don't know if I can give up on them. But then I watched <laughs> this and I'm like, I don't know if I can watch them anymore because it's so gross.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was directed by Ted Demi, who is Jonathan Demi's brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted Demi uh, unfortunately, died very young. He died at uh, 38 years old in 2002.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. Does it say how he died?
0: Accidental cocaine overdose. Oh my god. Yeah. Dude, what is the deal with cocaine? Well, it's a drug that makes your heart race and can kill you.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never done it, so.
0: Nope. Me neither.
1: I don't plan to, so... Me neither. I feel like I'm anxious enough as it is.
0: Oh God, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I feel like I would be the worst person to do cocaine with. Yeah. Because I'd be like, "Oh my God, you guys, if you, I'm going to die!" Like I would call nine one one
0: for as unsolvable and dark and twisted as an escape room is. That is my mind. I could never do a hallucinogenic either. Really? Oh God, no. I did
1: one in. Um. Actually, I did two. I did uh, acid in high school, which I don't recommend. It was kind of scary. And then I did salvia, which is, it only lasts for like 20 minutes. Uh Because it's legal. (laughs) You can just buy it at like a head shop. And that one, I, oh God, I think it was like 24 or 25. And that was the last time I ever did hallucinogenics. And. I remember as soon as it started, I just wanted it to be over because it's very intense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You you would hate it.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. no plans on ever.
1: It didn't make me feel great. So.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think, you know, the main reason is because I'm just a lunatic
0: already. So the original ending of the movie had Dennis Leary's character being caught by the cops. Really? And it teaches the son that a life of crime leads to nowhere. Oh. But the test audiences hated it. So, Ted Demi changed it and then said that he regretted changing it.
1: I was kind of surprised that he got away in the end. Like, when I saw them leaving, I was like, okay, okay, I guess he gets away and it's fine.
0: Yeah. I was begr- begrudgingly watching this because I really was having a difficult time with Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. But as soon as it gets to that shot where Kevin Spacey, I think he's just staring out a window. And that's when he decides, no. I'm going to gonna save Gus. Oh, yeah. That was when I went from kind of begrudgingly enjoying the movie to just hating the movie. I feel like the ending mm-hmm. is absolutely terrible.
1: I, I feel like it would have been better if he would have gotten arrested, if he would have gotten caught. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, people want a happy ending, but it's also like, yeah, but he just robbed someone and held this family hostage and psychologically tortured them like he really did though like
0: what was kevin spacey supposed to do with his mom the next day after he made up with his wife like things are still gonna go back to normal
1: yeah it's not like everything got fixed i mean we don't even really know what happens after you know like they're all still tied up in the other room at the end of the movie (laughs) we don't know yeah. Anything. Like, they're just kind of sitting on the stairs and they kiss and they're like, what are we going to do next? Like, as if they're going to stay together. Like, no, they're not. You guys are going to get divorced and you're going to have to kiss your mom's ass.
0: It could have really stood a rewrite. I'm surprised, too, that it is a female writer who is the primary writer on this because I don't think any of the women are written particularly well at
1: All well, I think I think they're um,
0: all pretty one sided and terrible,
1: and yeah, everybody's one note, and
0: I think the guys are too, really.
1: Yeah, Um, I think everyone's one note, and I think it's just because it was like a formula. This is a very formulaic movie.
0: I would have loved some sort of scene where Caroline says to Lloyd at the end, Mm -hmm. Yes, I was miserable when we were poor in that one bedroom apartment, but. I had you, and now I... Don't even have that. Yeah, now I don't even have that. Like, some sort of line to...
1: Just show that she had lost him a long time ago. Like, even though she wants a divorce, they lost each other a long time ago.
0: Yeah, there's really no motive for them to get back together other than the fact that they're tied up together and he gets a boner.
1: Yeah. There's really no reason for them to get... Back together at all.
0: And as I discovered from Big B Coffee this morning, apparently it's very easy for people to get boners. Oh, God. I did not have a boner. No,
1: Mike did Co- not get a yeah. boner, but he did see a, man a boner. Witness a man get a boner because there happened to also be a woman in the Big B Coffee. Ugh. That's so upsetting.
0: Like, I- I'm still upset that I didn't do anything more.
1: I understand what you're saying, where you were like, I don't know if I should have stayed there because now I'm just another strange guy standing there. I don't I don't know how I would have felt about it. I mean, part of me is like, yeah, it would have been nice if there was someone else there, but also it's like, now there's another strange guy here. I don't know how I would have felt about
0: it. Because I'm still making a lot of assumptions mm-hmm. on my part. Although so I'm at Big Big Coffee, there's a guy kind of has his hand over his crotch. And I thought at first that he was maybe a zip. He noticed that his zipper was down. But then I'm noticing that he's not moving his hands away from his crotch. He's kind of pacing back and forth by the counter. And at one point in time, he turns and I see that he has an erection. (laughs) And he notices that I notice. And he turned beet red like he was embarrassed. But he ended up ordering, like he ordered a small coffee or something. And Mm -hmm. then he ended up ordering a bagel. And just then my coffee came up. There was also a girl there delivering for DoorDash waiting for her order. And I was just flabbergasted. I didn't think I was going to wake up and see some dude's boner through his pants. And, you know, they were very loose crotch khaki pants. Like it was a, a sweatpants boner. Like you could see like, oh. yeah, I, I could tell you no. how large nope. his penis nope. is. No, 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 no. No. Nope. Because it was like pointing straight forward. Like <laughs> oh it wasn't even like, you know, there was something in his pocket or anything. Like, yeah. No, like it was definitely. straightforward. straight forward. It is total boner town. <laughs> and I, it was at a Big B that's also a gas station. So I went out to my car and I was sitting there trying to process what I just saw. And then I noticed through the window that the guy was now chatting up the DoorDash girl. And where she would have been in the store was kind of cornered Mm -hmm. and he was a pretty big burly dude. I'm still kicking myself because I feel like I should have done something like at the very least I should have stayed and made sure that she got in her car. Okay. But I left because I, I think I was just in shock.
1: Yeah. That sort of thing actually happens a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Where guys just do gross things. Yeah.
0: Why are guys so gross?
1: I don't know. It happens a lot where guys will get a boner or be creepy. I can't even tell you how many times men would tell me, you should smile. You're so pretty. You should smile. It's like, fuck off. I'm just pumping gas.
0: And it's funny because when all the Me Too stuff started coming out, Mm -hmm. I started taking inventory of... Gross things that I've done in the past. And I felt like there is a short list of people that I owed apologies to. Mm -hmm. And I'm very proud of the fact that everyone I apologized to was like, Are you kidding me? You have nothing to apologize for. If anything, you were one of the safest people I ever was around. Yeah. And I'm very happy. But then it also makes me super sad that by my own inventory, I felt like I was pretty gross. Mm -hmm. And
1: that just tells
0: me that guys are way grosser than i can even imagine
1: they are i remember a thing that would happen at parties when i was younger like in my early 20s like 15 years ago guys would just pull out their dicks and show them to you and just be like yeah like it's my dick or here's my balls like i remember i was visiting a friend at um michigan state and we were taking like the trolley car like back to her apartment Mm-hmm. from where the bars were and there was a guy he just pulled his balls out and was like check it out it's a bat wing I'm like I don't want to see this and I I turned to one of his friends and I was like I really don't want to watch him play with his balls and he's like then don't look I'm like yeah we're on public transportation <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, so I went to a gross. party
0: one time where all the guys at the party were pulling various parts of their dicks out and mm. it was really gross and
1: it happens a lot yeah and you know and but i think it's better a little bit better now because i think people you know men and women are a little bit more aware of how upsetting that sort of
0: thing is yeah i mean a good 20 years ago i was gross and drunk and pulled my dick out in front of someone and they're actually the only person I haven't apologized to just because they're an awful fucking person. Oh,
1: yes.
0: But, you know, mm-hmm. I yeah, I just, you know, guys are awful. Yeah. I really hope that we do a good job with Benji and he doesn't yeah. do really awful things. But I feel like guys are really gross. Mm-hmm. We can do the best job that we want to, but that we can, but, uh
1: It's, um... Yeah, I guess Kevin Spacey just really made us um, upset about...
0: The grossness of dudes. The
1: grossness of dudes. And I mean, you know, women could be gross, too. It's not just men. Yeah, but yeah. Just, like, not respecting other people's boundaries and, like, being mm-hmm. predatory. And, I mean, I think one thing that men don't often realize is how fucking scary it is when they raise their voice. Yeah. Like... Because when a woman raises her voice, men are like, oh, she's just being hysterical. Mm. But when a man raises his voice, women are like, he might kill me. Like, right. I think I was reading something where like men's biggest fear is that women will laugh at them, and women's biggest fear is that men will kill them.
0: I don't remember where that's originally from, but mm-hmm. Idols quotes it.
1: Yes, in, they do. Uh,
0: I believe their song Mother. Mm-hmm. The way Idols sings it is men are scared women will laugh in their face, while women are scared it's their lives men will take.
1: Yeah, it is actually super fucking scary. So
0: And yeah. you know, even as a dude the same size and you know, about the same age as boner guy this morning, mm-hmm. I felt really uncomfortable, even though I knew the boner was not for you for me. Or because of me at all. Mm -hmm. So, just process of elimination. Either the guy just gets boners or he got it for me or he got it for that girl. Those are the only other people that were around. No Mm -hmm. one, me and her. And I really hope that she didn't notice it and maybe just had kind of a goofy conversation with a loser dude and was able to laugh about it later in the day because she didn't know that the guy had a disgusting-ass fucking boner.
1: Yeah, I, I'm i I'm hopeful that it wasn't a traumatizing experience for her.
0: Did you see Adventures in Babysitting?
1: I did, but it's been a really long time.
0: You know that the kid, the oldest brother in that, is the kid that Kevin Spacey,
1: oh Anthony Rapp, who later right. went on
0: to- Ah, it's not Mark. It's the other other lead in Rent. Like, that is his mm-hmm. modern-day claim to fame, mm-hmm. Anthony Rapp. So, yeah. yeah, I just...
1: To summarize, while The Rough is a decent movie, Kevin Spacey being gross
0: ruined it. And for me, a really poorly written script. I,
1: it's okay. I mean, like, it's not bad. I, I agree that, that it would have been
0: better had Dennis Lurie gotten arrested in the end. I think the acting was phenomenal yeah everybody was really good in it i think it has third act issues
1: yeah i didn't i didn't hate it i thought it was all right but i mean in the end it's really hard to
0: yeah i can't separate the art from the artist and what's sad about this tim allen shit is earlier i was kind of looking forward to showing benji santa claus and santa claus 2 and now i'm just like
1: Oh, uh. if he wants to watch it, we can watch it with him. It's not like Tim Allen is necessarily like molesting children. No, I
0: know. I know. He's just
1: just... kind of an asshole. Yeah. I think you have to kind of understand that there's levels of horrible. Like he's probably like bottom tier horrible. He's a rich white guy who's like super right wings who just like doesn't care. Yeah. And he's kind of an asshole. But then there's people like Kevin Spacey who are, like, top-tier horrible, where they take advantage and sexually abuse and manipulate people. And those are the people that we should just cut out.
0: Yeah. Fortunately, I have not had to give up any art that I really, really enjoy Mm -hmm. because the artist is problematic. On the other hand, there are businesses that I will shop at, like Hobby Lobby, you know, Mm -hmm. is... Super Christian, therefore super homophobic because yeah. they interpret the Bible in a really fucked up way.
1: Yeah. They won't even cover birth
0: control. And-
1: which, Like with their the insurance package that they have for their employees, birth control isn't covered.
0: How I justify going to Hobby Lobby is if I wanted to shop someplace where the business and I share 100% the same values, I'm probably only going to be able to do business with like seven artists on Etsy. <laughs> and that's just not practical. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, every big corporation has its ugly side. You just try. I mean, I won't eat at Chick fil A because I'm like, mm, it's what if I chicken. told you they have
0: a gluten free menu?
1: I don't care. <laughs> I saw they have the like skinless chicken tenders. I'm like, mm.
0: it's delicious homophobic chicken.
1: I mean, Okay, I'm not. I'm not gonna bend over backwards to go get it. And I generally don't shop at Hobby Lobby. I mean, I'll go there, but Michaels and Joanne's are fine too. So yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna make anybody feel bad for shopping at Hobby Lobby. But I just, I just do my, I try. You know, I, I'm not.
0: Like George Lucas is very horrible to women after he breaks up with them, mm-hmm. or they break up with him. I know if I really
1: look into it,
0: yeah, if I really wanted to look into it I would probably have major issues with George Lucas because he has essentially erased two people from the history of Star Wars mm-hmm. in in my opinion yeah two women from the history of Star Wars
1: yeah
0: and you know it's it's one of those things where where do I draw the line I I don't know
1: um for I think- Kevin
0: Spacey it's very clear I've drawn the line at. you don't try to fuck little boys
1: yeah i think it's just you do it as a you know case by case basis and you just kind of try your best to you know support the good guys and cut out the bad ones and i don't know i mean i think you just try your best every time and sometimes we're not gonna make the best choice but
0: i did just remember too it was johnny who told me about tim allen because Mm. i told him that the best christmas present you're probably going to get this year is me telling you i don't need to watch santa claus three yeah
1: i was actually really happy when you're like we're not gonna watch it i was
0: like fuck yes and it probably gets him completely out of the doghouse over. That
1: oh my god no thing. johnny i love you i forgive you for Waterworld.
0: lake mungo was a goodwill gesture
1: Lake mungo was actually
0: that was yeah really lake good. mungo was great but
1: it broke my yeah. heart but it was so good
0: him getting you out of santa claus three yeah i think uh
1: hundred percent forgiven Yep. (laughs) Waterworld what? We don't even have to talk about it.
0: I had so much fun on his podcast, too.
1: It's fun to talk to someone who knows so much about movies. Mm -hmm. Like, I know a lot about the movies I love, but he loves everything.
0: Yeah, and he's so completely knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. So, we did the episode, me, him, and Brett Hayden. Mm -hmm. And what I love about this current school of comedians is... Felt like when we moved back, so many of them held me in some ridiculous esteem where I was just like, oh, guys, please don't do that. It's very silly. I'm flattered, but, you know, uh, I'm a huge fan of all of you and mm-hmm. that's why I want to be here. Yeah. Don't let the fact that I happen to have been born 20 years before you guys, <laughs> you know, make. You think that any differently of me other than I am your equal peer, mm-hmm. which, God, I really hope I didn't sound like an egotistical piece of shit. A
1: little bit, but I, know I, okay. I
0: I know I did, but- um,
1: But I see what you're saying, where you're like, I felt flattered because I felt like right. people thought- Highly of
0: me. Yeah, because I had been around for a long time. Yeah. Not because of any accomplishments, but because I'd been around for a long time. Yeah. But I really liked it right out of the gate. Brett Hayden started giving me shit <laughs> on weird <the> <laughs> movies. And it just made me so happy that I felt like one of the group Yeah, where, you know, he was busting my balls. And uh, I just really appreciated it. Good. Yeah. Yay. Because I think Johnny and I are very comfortable with each other, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's comfortable enough to bust my balls yet, even mm-hmm. though I'll bust his. Although yeah. he and Louis Michael did record an entire episode of the podcast.
1: They did. Goofing and it on works. us. Fucking so, hilarious. It so maybe so Johnny funny. is
0: more comfortable than I thought.
1: Yeah. Dude, that was so funny.
0: God, that was a great episode. When Louie
1: Michael talked about not wearing shoes.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: I almost peed my pants I was laughing so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I know how much you hate feet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was so funny. So uh this was our our
0: Christmas month.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess it got kind of weird at the end there.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were we're definitely Maybe overly ambitious for this week. Yeah. But it's a tough time of year for people.
1: I think for anyone really. I yeah. Mean, even if it's your favorite time of year, there's a lot that. Yeah, holidays are stress. Yeah. It's still stressful. There's still a lot happening. There's still so much, you know, that you have to deal with and plan on and do.
0: I was a little worried about watching a movie about a couple fighting so much when. You and I had a very difficult weekend together because, yeah. you know, I was a uh, whiny baby. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, honey, I. Oh, we don't fight like that. No, no, we don't fight like that. But I just want you to know how much I appreciate you and how much I am grateful for the fact that part of you kind of understands that I've been a pretty self-centered person for 45 years and these past three years of me trying really hard to put the people I love first, but I still mess up sometimes because I have 45 years of really just caring about myself too much. I appreciate the fact that you let me mess up and you are understanding and forgiving and uh, I just, I love you a whole bunch.
1: I love you a whole bunch, and I appreciate you too. I appreciate everything you do for us, and even though, you know, every once in a while you have a rough time, like, so do I, you know? It's not, it's not like we don't slip up sometimes and have tense moments or, you know, disagree. It it happens, and I think it's just, we talk about it, we figure it out, we move on, and we just keep, trying to do the best that we can for each other yes it's
0: and i'm not just saying this because someone's broken into our house and bungee corded us together (laughs) also yes that is a boner hot (laughs) all right well merry christmas i love you baby
1: merry christmas i love you too boo
0: ho ho ho
1: (laughs) Bye 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 you're cute i like you i like you Good.
0: i'm not gonna kick you out of bed for eating crackers
1: <laughs> who fucking eats crackers in bed